This is Midlife Mastery, session number six. Welcome to the Midlife Mastery podcast, where getting control of your time, your money, and your life are the keys to an amazing second act. If living authentically matters to you, then you're in the right place. And now, here's your host, Peter Fritz. This episode of Midlife Mastery is brought to you by Fizzle.co. Fizzle is an online training resource library for independent entrepreneurs who'd like to make a living doing something that they love. They have a nine-stage roadmap which will guide you right through from the very beginning of your original idea through to a successful and scalable business. They also have some incredible founder story interviews there with other independent entrepreneurs who've built their business from scratch. There is also a very engaging online community there at Fizzle, comprised of other members who are there to support and encourage you. They are offering a five-week free trial to all listeners of Midlife Mastery. All you need to do is go to midlifetribe.com slash fizzle, and you can get full access to the entire course library, the founder stories, and the community to try it out for five weeks and see what you think. Give it a go. I guarantee you won't be disappointed. Hey, welcome back to Midlife Mastery. Thanks a lot for listening. Today, I want to talk to you about midlife reinvention and how this is the best time in history to be this age and why. And my working life began when I was about eight. So for me now, that's 41 years, as long as some people's entire career. In the early days, making, collecting and selling things were about all I could do. But I remember how good it felt to be my own boss. I'd spend hours and hours in my dad's shed making things to sell to the neighbours. On the weekends, I'd tread the boundary fence around the local golf course looking for stray golf balls to sell. These kinds of activities served me well for years, and while other kids badgered their parents for money, I funded my own interests with my own money. It was a good feeling. At 14, however, I decided it was time to give traditional employment a shot. All my mates were doing paper rounds or stacking shelves at the local supermarket, but I wanted to do something different. So I called up the local health club, hoping to snare a part-time job. My first attempt was greeted with ambivalence. Back then, no one paid attention to 14-year-olds. So what I did was I called them every day for two weeks until the owner relented and invited me to come and see him. His office was positioned between the two change room doors curiously propped open and fitted with one-way glass. He shuffled a couple of papers around on his desk, sat back in his chair, and then he turned his attention to me. Janet tells me you've been trying to see me every day for the last two weeks. She says you want a job. Yep, I burped. Well, kid, I don't know what you're going to do here, but if you're that determined to work here, I guess I have no choice. I have to hire you. And in an instant, I had my first job, a real job. I cleaned toilets, I mowed the lawns, I repaired the driveway, and I groomed tennis courts. I set up gym equipment, scrubbed the pool, and repaired broken windows. I even caught a few people having sex in the spa. It was pretty exciting for a 14-year-old. From my earliest days in Dad's shed to my time in the fitness club and later writing and shooting freelance, I learned many great lessons. I learned how to prevail despite my limitations of age and experience. I learned how to handle rejection. Not everybody wanted a hand-carved letter opener, you know, fashioned out of a six-inch nail. Uh, I learned how to pacify an angry prospect. When I was uh, collecting golf balls up on the local course, golfers would often claim that I'd found their ball and wanted it returned to to them for free. Uh, I learned how to play the long game. It took 18 months of solid grinding at $3 an hour to buy my first new motorcycle. And I learned how to swim against the tide. Walking out mid-class in year 11 to pursue my dreams took some balls, I can tell you. And I learned how to behave like I believed in myself, even when I didn't. 
landing a full-time gig with Australia's top motoring magazine at the age of 18 was one of those instances where I had to act like I believed in myself, even though I really didn't. These were all wonderful experiences. But a few years ago, a thought struck me like a 4 by 2 across the year. I'd been hustling for so long I'd lost track of time. I'd reached the halfway mark. This concerned me because I still wasn't sure what I wanted to be when I grew up. I'd already been divorced twice and broke at least three. But then something good happened. While I was mired in self-pity of my midlife crisis, I turned to some old and trusted friends, writing and photography. I started the magazine business when I was just 18. The seven years that followed were the most thrilling and engaging I've had in my life. I actually couldn't wait for Mondays. In fact, at that time I lived close to two hours away from the office, but I would still get there at 6.30 in the morning. I was that keen to start work every day. It was, it was a huge amount of fun. So when I picked up my camera and notepad again recently, something started to change. In a matter of days, I felt like I was home again. This was where I belonged. I started to read again too. I pulled out classics like As a Man Thinketh and Man's Search for Meaning and The Power of Now. I looked for leaders, I followed podcasts, and I discovered some amazing new people. Two of those people were James Aldercher and Stephen Pressfield. Not long ago, I wrote to Stephen. I told him a little about what I was doing and how his interview with James had had such an impact on me. To my surprise, he wrote right back. He assured me that I still had plenty of time to pursue my dreams, that, in fact, I had at least two lifetimes yet to live. Two of my greatest mentors have also assured me of the same on more than one occasion. But coming from a luminary like Stephen, who had failed so many times before making it, those words were like a cool glass of water to a dying man in the desert. And the truth is, of course, he was right. In our on-demand society, it's easy to be impatient. We're conditioned to want everything now. But when you examine the lives of your heroes, you realise they each had to pay their dues. Nothing worthwhile came easily or quickly. So I've come to an understanding with myself, whether it takes two years or 20 years. I'm going to keep swinging. Not because the goal warrants it, but because the journey does. Once you understand that the only finish line is death, you embrace the grind, no matter how long it takes. Because the adventure the thrill of the journey, and the fulfilment of becoming the authentic version of who you are, they're what count. That's where the magic is. That's the real goal. Thanks for listening to the Midlife Mastery Podcast. For more ideas on creating the perfect second act, go to midlifetribe.com and learn how to master your time, your money, and your life.